Warning. The following contains dragon murder, non-anthropomorphic love, bad author research, a preacher saying cooties, many sick burns, LGBTQ marriage, angry bigots, recycled plots, and the following episode will contain references to Disney. Welcome to the Band Library Podcast. Welcome to the Banned Library Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about books that have been banned or censored or otherwise just kind of burned at the stake of popular culture by just some random witch hunters that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. My name is S.T. Harker, librarian, writer, man with a weird scratch on his leg. Not sure where that came from. You can follow me on Twitter at BannWriter. Follow the library at Band Library on Twitter, Facebook, grocery store. Don't follow us at the grocery store. We don't pay attention to Facebook. And if you get too close to us in line at the grocery store, we will have to tell you to back the fuck up. If you'd like to help support the library, you can become a friend on our Patreon over at patreon.com slash bandlibrary. Link in the post and the websites. There's all that shit there. For a dollar per month. Friends of the library get access to damn near everything we've ever posted going back at least at least seven years, probably closer to damn near 12 on some of those. And we'd like to welcome our newest friend in the library, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about Prince and Knight by Daniel Hack, Hawk. I'm, I, I warned you about bad research and uh, illustrator Stevie Lewis. It's the story of a brutal monarch who kills a dragon, but it's also a, well, it's a super sweet love story. I kind of dig it. It's you know, it's really nice. Uh, let's get into the author first. Daniel Hawk. It's the last time I'm going to say his name because I feel bad if it's not that way. Grew up on a dairy farm outside Madison, Wisconsin. He wrote big epic tales of swashbuckling adventure to pass the time, Grew eventually graduating from Ithaca College. He began his career as a director of marketing for Mediacom, large media communication stuff. He was the head of marketing and digital production for children's media uh, franchise Storybots on Netflix. And he won an Emmy for that. He's a recent graduate of the Technology Innovation and Education program at Harvard University, Graduate School of Education, where he studied blah, blah, blah. Look, he's a very creative, productive individual. He's currently at Creative Development. This is all just very bland. He's doing shit over at YouTube right now. Look him up on his website. Yeah, like I said, very impressive individual with a CV that rivals most other productive people because that's how productive people compare each other, I guess. I don't know. I'm not that productive. 
He says he wrote this book to feature human characters rather than anthropomorphic animals, uh, because most LGBTQ books have featured just animals like, you know, Marlon Bundo and a couple other ones we've covered. And he wanted to see real people falling in love. And apparently had not read King and King, which we've also covered, but I'll get to that later. He also said he wanted to show kids that their parents and them, quote, are just as capable as being a brave hero and worthy of being in love, unquote. Which is a very good sentiment. I, I highly agree with all of this. The illustrator, Stevie Lewis, I could find shit all about. And I think she would like it that way. I'm not 100%. Uh, She spent four years working in animation. She was living in San Francisco when she discovered rock climbing. And I guess decided, fuck it. Did a bunch of... I read an interview where she said she kind of just like shored up a bunch of cash. Got a bunch of like freelance work together. Bought a van. Or like some little, you know, utility vehicle thing. And just started driving. Living in her van about half the year, traveling, hiking, rock climbing mostly, just enjoying the shit out of her life, which that sounds like a goddamn dream right there. Being productive, doing what you enjoy, traveling, seeing everything. I I love this idea so much. It hurts. Currently, she's living in northern Arizona with her partner and two dogs. So maybe she's settled down a bit. There is reason to stop every once in a while, I guess. But yeah, that's all I could really find on her. Um, There's several really good interviews with her, though, where she just talks about her art and things like that. I highly recommend you seek those out. We've probably got a couple in the sources on the website. I can't remember exactly what I sourced and what I didn't, because a lot of it, I was looking for details on her life, and I found a lot about rock climbing. (laughs) Now, this book, Prince and Knight, of course, was banned. That's why we're talking about it. It's number five on ALA's top band of 2019. In 2019, they were pulled from Upshur County in West Virginia from the library shelves. A local minister, Pastor Josh Layfield, called it, quote, a deliberate attempt to indoctrinate young children, especially boys, into the LGBTQA lifestyle, unquote. The book was later returned to shelves after review. In his condemnation of the book, he referred to it as having cooties, which I think is for a professional adult male to use the word cooties. It just fascinates me to no end. Said that God loved everyone and would dislike him or insult him for this. I guess for not speaking up, I don't know. Buchanan Pride, which serves Upshur County's local LGBT activist organization, it also made a statement, quote, It has been brought to our attention that our public library plans to take a book out of circulation due to LGBTQ plus content and receiving a complaint from the church. Yet they don't seem to have an issue accepting taxes from the LGBTQ plus community, which I think is a very important point. If you're going to complain that something is in... (laughs) If you're going to complain that something is in a public service that is paid for by public funds with public taxes, maybe you should not hide behind an organization that is exempt from those taxes, that does not have to pay any of those, that does not have to just provide any other than we don't like this because our book says we don't like, we shouldn't like it. 
That's my most fascinating. I, I fucking love that comeback. And it's true. It's straight true. It's just wonderful. If we're going to pay taxes, you better represent us. No taxation without representation. I think that was a phrase we used once upon a time. Virginia in Loudoun County School Board, again, 2019, set up a diverse reading library in elementary and high school classrooms. Basically, there was a big Virginia push to put diverse books into classrooms. Just have a little library there. If the kid wants to read it, he can go right ahead. Books non-mandatory. Basically, they just want stuff that was not heterosexual and white, which is the norm for most curriculums, sadly. Parents heard and they began complaining. Several books, including Prince and Knight, were singled out for their LGBT content. And I, I feel weird saying LGBT, LGBTA, LGBTQ. Mostly if it's in a quote, I'll say it that way. Otherwise, I'm probably going to say LGBT just because it's simpler and it's easier. And honestly, my lips can wrap around it a little easier. <laughs> it's, it's just easier. I'll probably throw in a plus at the end. I probably should throw in a plus. I just don't mean to offend. If I leave one section out or one acronym or say a different one, that's usually why I say it. Anyway, uh, so most of these books were singled out of the LGBT content, even though they were only about 5% of the total books that were put in those classrooms. This got so heated, there was a six-hour Board of Education meeting where parents could come and talk. One parent said, quote, I cannot stomach reading written porn, but my child can. Unquote. More protests were given. I just, the fact that they're talking about this as porn is ridiculous. More protests were given, often with a religious message, as is normal. Media attention grew until the National Coalition Against Censorship argued in an op-ed for the local newspaper, quote, all parents have the right to influence their child's education. Equally true, no parent has the right to dictate the education of all children based on their personal beliefs. Unquote. Basically, sit down, shut the fuck up. Your book is not better than everyone else's books. Also during that, and I keep, I'm going to point this out, six hours meeting in the, in the Board of Education meeting. I think one guy was quoted in one of the articles I read. They've never had a meeting go longer than, I've never had a meeting could do this before. <laughs> a mother of an LGBT teen wished her son had access to these materials when he was growing up. He's, I think he was like 20 now, but she was like, hey, I wish my kid, my kid had a loving and accepting family. I love him all of our people love him, but he still had a hard time coming out. I think she almost said he had a nervous breakdown. Continuing, she put out evidence of suicide rates because it is a super stressful thing to not be part of the norm, to come out, to tell people. And she stressed the suicide rates among LGBT teens, saying, quote, I'd rather have a kid read a book that happens to mention masturbation or kissing instead of risking losing my child forever. Unquote. Which, I think that kind of nails it. I mean, Jesus Christ. They're talking about things all of us do. You know, sex, kissing, masturbation. There's people blowing each other up on 
damn near every movie out there. Most Marvel movies, I've been rewatching them. So people get shot, thrown into buses. <laughs> Straight up, Captain America just guns people down, throws a knife at people. That's fine. That stuff, it's okay. But having sex, something that the majority of us do, there are 7 billion people on this planet, not out of spontaneous combustion. We all do it at some point or another. And if we don't, that's okay. It's fine. It's just, I'm saying, it's a normal part of life. We are an animal. We are meant to reproduce. And just, I I like the idea that, you know, if it's going to stress a kid out to feel normal, or not stress them out to feel normal. Yeah, give them the book. Ainsley Hendershot, which, that is a fucking name. Some parent was just like, yeah, we're going to go forward on this one. Because she's a student that's testifying. Same six-hour board meeting. Also pointed out there were sexually explicit passages in many other books, such as the Diary of Anne Frank that we've covered, Brave New World we covered, The Color Purple covered, Catcher in the Rye, we covered, and the Holy Bible, which damn near, yeah, it is. Read Song of Solomon. She continued, Ainsley Hendershot. Just, I, sw- I swear to God, that's like a uh, Agatha Christie kid. Quote, this is not about sexual content in schools. It's always been there. With 90 queer books with no sexual content, it's clear the real agenda is erasing queer stories. Queer kids need representation, too. Don't silence our books. Unquote. Hell yeah, Ainsley Hendershot. We need more kids like that. We need more kids saying, we can't be left behind. Because again, there's 7 billion people on the planet. And if you do that, Thanos, you know, I'm, I'm deep into Marvel shit right now, I'm sorry. But if you do that, you know, cut half the population down, you only go back to the 1970s. We are in a population boom, folks. The human race has been killing it over the last hundred years as far as, like if we were an ant population, we'd somebody call the exterminator. We are living longer, we are having better lives, more fulfilled, and we shouldn't leave people behind. And just because, again, something that we do pretty regularly, this whole sex thing, shouldn't be a reason to stop, it should be more normalized. Hell, we'd probably have less kids if we were normalized it, made it more comfortable than show people just being wholesale slaughtered. So, why is this book up for contention? I mean, of course, it has LGBT content in it, LGBT plus, sorry. Um, let's talk about the plot a little bit. Start with our prince, real charmer, blonde hair and all that. He's in one of a wife, according to his parents. I really like there's one shot in the beginning where his parents are on one side of this long ass table, like one of those like uh, Batman tables where, wow, I just referenced the 1989 Batman movie where Michael Keaton's on one end and Kim Basinger's on the other end. And there's just this all this space between them. But we show that and then it comes back around at the end where they're all together and it's really nice. He goes out with his parents, talking to girls, meets a bunch of lovely women. They're all taken by him, swooning and such. Alas, none peak his fancy. While traveling around, he gets word that a dragon is attacking his people. What the fuck? The young prince rides back, faces the dragon. However, it's a fucking dragon, and he's just a dude. Because even princes are, guess what? They're just people that just happen to be born of the right family. 
And then this knight comes along, and the knight uses his shield to blind the dragon by reflecting the sun in its eyes, all Jason and the Argonaut style. Or is that Perseus? Whatever. And the dragon's distracted, so the prince climbs on his back and uses just a shitload of rope to tie the dragon up. Unfortunately, plan backfires. Dragon stumbles around blind, tied up, causing the prince to fall. That's okay, because the knight's there. He catches him. They look deep into each other's eyes, fall in love over the corpse of a giant dragon, like you do. They hang around the castle for a bit, get to know each other, falling deeper in love. They get married, and like I said, now that shot of that long table is just everybody at one end all grouped together and everybody's happy. The end. They lived happily ever after. Well, there's probably people out in the field suffering. I have a problem with monarchy. Let's just say that and powerful people in general. Maybe I have some issues. Anyway, that's the basic story. It's pretty simple. Cut and dry. Unfortunately, this has all been done before. Uh, you've read this story. I've read this story. Either in its original form with the heterosexual kill the dragon, get the girl kind of thing. Or the your princess is in another castle. Da 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 da. You know, we've all seen this story. Kill a dragon, get a girl. It's hell, Shrek. That's the whole point behind it. They twist that around a little bit, too. But that's the strength of this story, however. Take what you know, give it a twist, like Shrek did. You know, oh, the dragon's nice. You see this memes online all the time where a dragon is protecting a maiden, you know, sussing out the suitors and all that. We have a hero looking for love, being brave, valiant, and then finding what he seeks in the most unlikely of places. What hero story doesn't have that? Here, just happens to be gay, giving gay boys an archetype long held by heterosexuals. That's important. Again, representation is important. To see yourself in a story makes you feel more connected to humanity, makes you feel like you're not all alone by yourself. Someone who grew up in a small community, that's very important. It's a little too familiar with King and King, unfortunately. Book published was in 2000, we covered it, like I said. It's the same story without the violence. And according to some reviewers, a little bit messier of an art style. Uh, it does feel like Prince and Knight lifted from earlier books, but probably because it's using universal tropes handed down from stories like Cinderella and, and, like I said, even Mario. You know, the Mario games are about killing a dragon and getting a girl in a castle. That's pretty much it. There just happened to be some trippy mushroom shit. I do have some commentary on the fucking monarchy, though, and I'm going to do it. Uh, none of this really makes sense from a monarchy standpoint. If you're doing any kind of like monarchy whatsoever, as far as like heirs being gone down, if you take it from a reality standpoint, rather than a fantasy the story resides in, which of course there's dragons, you can't really do that. But again, there's people in the fields paying for this goddamn castle and feeding you somehow. I don't care if the prince does come in and kill dragons every once in a while. Fucker almost got his ass eaten. All I'm saying is, in Game of Thrones, the prince would have married for political means to provide an heir, all Renly Baratheon and shit. Then he'd have a knight as a side piece. Or the prince from Braveheart that, I don't remember the hell his name was, but his dude got thrown out a window because, you know, you kind of need an heir to keep the family line going. And adoption, not really seen as a great thing. Just have to point that out. Just saying, maybe we should stop this whole... Heroes in castles saving shit. 
maybe normal ass people should be probably the big one. Uh, and this, there's a villain problem. There's almost always a villain problem. I understand the villain of the story is our own 21st century ideals or thought patterns. That's, that's fine. That's great. I don't see the need. I don't need a personification of my own biases in a story to have it teach me, but it does help. It's like the stink bug in Marlon Bundo. I want a villain in a story to be against our protagonist. Before you say, well, the dragon is the enemy. It's, it's not really. Dragon is little more than a tool to bring our protagonist and his boyfriend together. Sure, it's a fucking dragon. And therefore formidable. It almost kills our dude. But the story shows us the prince and knight working together and besting the beast pretty easily. And then it's all about the love story. And it's always been about the love story. It's... But it's kind of weak. Uh, the goal of the story is to give the prince love. He's looking for a bride and then finds a dude. It's all great. But then there should be more on the line other than he's not in love for a while. He's not fighting against outward prejudice. His parents are fine with it once they find the dude. Time seems to be the only enemy of note here. Well, it is a good lesson to learn. You know, wait around. Maybe you'll find somebody who can defeat problems with you, a partner. It just feels a little flat and not explicit as far as a children's book probably should be. I don't know. Or maybe it's just a nice little story. Who cares? And on my own note, is killing the dragon really necessary? I, I Maybe I'm just a dragon-loving asshole. But I get it. It's, it's the symbol of them conquering their problems together. It's pretty grandiose and bloody. And kind of fucked up. But why not solve the problem making friends with it? The last scene could be friends and lovers come from all different places kind of thing. It just seems like, I don't know, maybe I have a dragon. I, I stress to say the word kink. That seems weird, but affinity for dragons. Like, when the fuck are we going to kill this wild ass animal that's just doing what wild ass animals do? That's not cool. What, what part of the environment or ecosphere have you fucked up by killing that goddamn dragon? Fucking sheep will be running wild now the art style i have to comment on that it's very disney uh down to the fact that i thought you'd copy some images especially of like his king the several of the kings of the brides that come in or the bride to bees or the whatever suitors uh it works for the narrative of course it's another you've seen this you can accept this story you've seen these images before so now we can have this almost conversation about putting new things in there it's very familiar. It's polished. Stevie Lewis is an amazing illustrator. Disney should fucking snap her up. She's right in their wheelhouse. If they actually ever do a drawn animation again. But when the turn comes when the prince is gay, it does look normal. It's good. Uh, just like every other representation of fairy tales, the reader has seen, especially Disney stuff. Plus, I just love it. It's really well done. It's crisp. The lines are straight. The lines are straight. The... I don't know, like just the way she handles images. And I, I really do love the juxtaposition of the earlier image of him at the table and them separated. And then at the end with all of them together at one end of the table. It's really nice. Do I recommend this? Hell yeah. Besides all the dragon murder, it's a cute tale. Beautiful art. It tells a very good message. Uh, it's pretty rote. There's nothing new. But the art is enough to give it a great read and to get your kids interested. You know, just slip them like, hey, this is Disney. 
Also, check, in, check out King and King by Linda DeHaan and Stern Neeljand. <laughs> I think is how you say that. I feel bad. Both these stories are really good juxtaposition. Like I said, this one's a little slicker. It's got a little bit more uh, style and panache to it. But I thought King King was kind of charming, so check that one out as well. And that's all I have for this book, Prince and Knight. Uh, it's a good one, yeah. Uh, don't forget, patreon.com, $1 a month, get you all our crap. Follow us at Band Library. Band writer for me, SD Harger. And that's really all I have to say. Thank you for listening. Stay in. Read a book. Music, Dances and Dames, by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.